Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the County Corner podcast. On this week's episode, Stephen and I will be looking back at Ross County's 1-0 defeat by Hearts and we'll be looking ahead to the trip down to Dens Park to face Dundee in the final match before the international break. We'll also be going through all the latest Ross County news in the past seven days, which includes Dylan Smith's call-up to the Scotland Under-19 squad. And we'll have the next segment of the County Corner Hall of Fame. Last week, we asked you, the listeners, to give us your nominations for goalkeeper, so we'll be discussing them and putting those nominations out to a vote. And Stephen and I will be looking ahead to the next position, which is left-back. So stay tuned for that, and let's get stuck into the podcast. Right, we are back once again for another episode and unfortunately we're talking over a loss but once again we have Stephen back on the podcast who I'm sure will be giving us our positive views as always. That's it, after listening to back to last week's one and being a bit monotone about the, the Aberdeen defeats, um, I'm going to be more positive in defeat this week um, but in fairness I think we, we should be as county fans even though the result didn't go our way I still feel there was a lot to, to take from the game and I don't feel that um, Malky's analysis of it was too far off where actually the game was, was a, a very hard game against Hearts, but we, we predicted that would be the case anyway, Ross, prior to it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we were worthy of a point on Saturday. I think, you know, you look at the chance in the last minute that Connor has and he does everything right. He tries to hit it into the ground to force Sandra Clark into a save or hit the target. And it's just unfortunate the ball takes a bounce and goes over the bar. There's even a chance a little bit earlier on for Ben Parrington. He was unlucky with his volley as well from a, a decent decent position in the box. And I think you look at the, the goal that Hart scored and from the jail end, you could see it was really great movement by Alex Lowry. Yeah. So he's, uh, it looks like Allardyce is tracking him, but he kind of drops the shoulder and, and backs off him just after Scott checks his shoulder. So Scott thinks he's still going with him, but doesn't realise he's dropped yeah. off until it's too late, until uh, Lowry gets the ball out of his feet. And, you know, the delivery into the box is is great. And, you know, I, I've seen a few people being like, well, you know, Forrest isn't the tallest player on the pitch. You know, should he be allowed to win a header in that position? But, you know, he's he's gotten on the end of it and he's guided it beyond Laidlaw with a, a good finish. And, you know, I, th- I thought that was the maybe the only point in the match up until then that Hearts really kind of threatened or caused any issues for us. We looked quite comfortable defensively. Yeah, I think it's it's probably reminds me a bit of the Livingston game, isn't it? We've just had one lapse of concentration and we've been punished for it. And that's what happens at this level. Um, I think Parrington, who I thought had a, a, a good game, do you know what I mean? Um, but what you notice with Parrington, he hasn't played much football recently. So it was that moment where he switched off. And even if he'd just tucked in a bit, he would have got the header away from Forrest. He was sort of chasing after him in that in that um, example of their goal. Um, and he also saw it with the one where he's, he's just put it over the bar when he's coming into the back post. And, and it's not a criticism, lad. It's just he hasn't had enough games yet to get his sharpness up. And that will that will come. He'll, you know, he'll get tucked in. You'll have that legs to do that. He'll get the shot on target. So... So yeah, there there wasn't much between the teams. I think the the difference is I thought the boy Lowry that came on I thought was fantastic. I honestly think he's a real player. He's just real quality. And I just felt what what I liked about him was he found space in his movement, and that gave him time. But also you noticed the balls he was playing in. Everyone was trying to dissect the kind of defence, and I just love that as a player from the midfield, looking for supplies. You're looking to just try and do that. I always think sometimes. Teams try and overcomplicate it, and sometimes a simple forward pass, like he's done for their goal. Yes, it was put on a sixpence, but again, wasn't anything out of the ordinary. He wasn't trying to disguise the pass. He just played it in there. He was accurate enough with it. Um, but yeah, it just felt a wee bit like the Livingston game. Um, also, what I thought is I thought both teams were probably showing the fatigue, especially County, of playing three games in a week, especially the, the second week, uh, the game in the midweek, was with, with 10 men for such a long period of time. I just felt we just didn't get enough going in the game. I know you felt maybe we should have got a point on it, Ross. For myself, I thought probably overall Hearts deserved the win in the three points for me. Um, but I'm not criticising County. I thought the effort was there and it was a small margins. Um, I just felt Hearts maybe just had that wee bit more than us on the day. But we could have easily had a point, especially at the end, which, in fairness, it's maybe just the way their luck's gone in the past couple of games is, obviously, Randall's done the right thing, trying to hit the ball to the deck, but he's hit the ball into the deck and it's, it's spun up and gone over the bar. 
you're thinking actually you're just better off because it's fallen perfect to his left foot at the back post just to volley it across and just take your hope that the keeper's either going to spill it or it's going to go into the back of the keeper's going to go to the back of the net with it so all in all um, proud of the performance I thought the boys give us everything I felt they were a wee bit leggy in, in parts in the game and, and just couldn't get on top of hearts and they maybe just had a wee bit more than us and they, for me hearts probably aged it and deserved the three points because again in the first half First 15 minutes, I thought we looked pretty decent. And then I thought Hart's got a grip of the game. And, you know, we got to half time, probably happy to go in nil-nil. Certainly the start of the second half, I felt we were sort of in the ascendancy a wee bit until, and then Hart's get the goal. Do you know what I mean? It just felt, ah, oh, do you know what I mean? We were trying to get on top a wee bit there. We felt like we we're starting to get a bit of momentum. I thought the substitution certainly did make a difference and, and freshen things up a bit. And again, it's not a criticism of the boys that came off, but we just looked a wee bit heavy leg and couldn't get things going. So, but all in all, I just think Hearts maybe just had that wee bit more than what we had on the day and probably deserved the three points. And I just have to be honest about that. But it's not a criticism of the county. I thought they gave a good account of themselves. And I don't disagree with what Malky said. I think he said, you know, two teams very tactical against each other. It felt like that way in the game. And we thought that it would be a tight game, but it would go a bit end-to-end. And it did at times. I mean, there was a break for the, the, the boys were breaking and it, it got stretched. But I also felt a lot of the boys looked leggy and hearts as well a wee bit. They'd played midweek as well, but they had that extra day's rest from playing on the, the Tuesday night. So it probably helped them. And they, they obviously weren't down to 10 men against County, against Aberdeen. So, so all in all, I can't criticise anything that the boys have done, but I just felt Hearts just run out, had that wee bit more quality in the end that just took them to the three points and what we had. I think it's interesting that you mentioned about Ben Paddington and kind of his lack of game time. Obviously, the, the injury halfway through last season was well documented. I think that was only his third or fourth start since his injury last October, and yeah. um, one of which was in the second leg of the, the playoff and two of which then came in the League Cup group stages as well, and then the fourth being on yeah. Saturday. So, you know, it's he's been unfortunate with injuries. It's been a bit stop-start. I think he showed his qualities at times on the pitch, so if you can get him back yeah. to, you know, full fitness, match sharpness, you know, he's a quality player. We saw that before his injury as well last season. And there was one point, I, I can't remember who he turned down on the, the left-hand side. Was it the... Um, was the boy Afaye that I think he turned just right on the touchline oh, and got, Afaye, got him yeah, booked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, so that shows the kind of quality that he's got and the, you know, the the sharpness will hopefully come. Um, and you could see it in his lunge when he tried to stop the goal. You could see he yeah. just knew himself. He was like, ah, you know what I mean? You could see in it. Yeah. So in a, in a few games time, that won't happen for the lad. He'll get his sharpness back. And it's it's a double-edged sword for the club when these, these things happen because... One year, probably hands forced. Malky might have wanted to try and get more game time in other games and maybe that's reserve football or the, 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 the cut games that they're playing right now against the Highland League teams just to get him a wee bit more sharp before throwing him in. But obviously, with um, we've got Josh, who's out injured, and then obviously we've had other players playing so many games, he's probably thought, I'm having to freshen it up here just for that point of view and just take the risk on it and stuff. But in a few games' time, that that won't be an issue. He'll be back up to speed with it. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes as a manager, you just got to, you take that risk. And as the player himself, he's probably just missed that that one moment where he switched off. And as you said, might be the smallest player in the park. But if you put it in the right position, he's still you know a dangerous player when he's got his head on it. I think you're right as well that there probably was an element of fatigue in both teams as the match went on. And probably yeah. you know maybe more so ourselves, as you said that. You know, Hearts had an extra day's recovery. They also didn't have to play the vast majority of their match with 10 men as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's all those kind of factors to maybe take into it as well. Obviously, Malky made quite a few changes to the starting 11 going into the match. I think there was four changes. Yeah. Um, and it was obviously good to see some players returning from injury as well. Obviously, we spoke about Josh just there, who's missed out, and his namesake as well, Josh Sims, that mm-hmm. uh, Malky spoke a lot about their, their injuries and the tackles on them last week. But... You know, seeing Brophy come back into the squad after missing out in midweek against Aberdeen, but also Dylan Smith for the first time as well. Since yeah. his ankle knock he picked up in the, the last international um, fixtures. So it was good to see them, that they're both back involved. So kind of keeps the squad strong, if that makes yeah. sense. So, you know, if we're having these guys kind of drop out with injury, that, you know, players like Pannington have come back and they're now getting minutes again. Eamon played 45 minutes plus whatever was added on at the end on, on Saturday as well and building up his kind of recovery as well. I mean, yeah. 
the the knock he'd obviously taken against Aberdeen at Pataudry, which rolled him out midweek, was maybe a little speed bump that, you know, hopefully is kind of past mm-hmm. now. So, um, yeah, there was certainly a, a kind of an element of that. But also you mentioned fine margins. And I think that's kind of that's kind of how I viewed it because Hearts, I think according to the stats, obviously Hearts kind of dominated in terms of shots and things like that. But it didn't, it didn't feel like that at times. It didn't yeah. feel like they were kind of really pinning us in and, and causing like all sorts of problems. A lot of shots were off target or from distance or a bit, a bit wild. There was, I think it was only the, the goal, which is obviously what's, um, what's won in the match. But then Lowry had a chance just late on, which Laidlaw made a really good save from it. It's not really any other chances that are kind of jumping out at me that maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm missing yeah. right now talking about it, but you know, it wasn't like they kind of battered us and in that sense. And, you know the the chances that we had on another day they might have gone in earned us yeah. a point earned us three points I, I I don't know and I think that's just the the small margins that we fell the wrong side of both on Saturday but I would also argue as well on Wednesday against Aberdeen yeah. too you know because if that was a match that we'd had eleven men for ninety minutes I think considering the way that Aberdeen played with a man a man's advantage for that length of time yeah. it wasn't like they kind of really dominate the game or pinned us in and kind of created chance after chance there. So yeah. it's just it's just unfortunate that, you know, these kind of things have, have gone against us the last couple of games where maybe the start of the season they were they were going for us or the chances we were getting were going in and things. But um I think it's just the we we've seen in the last two matches especially that County have, you know, pushed the teams that finished third and fourth in the league last season right until yeah. the end. And I think that's a that's a, a sign of improvement as well. Okay, the, the game at Patoji finished 4-0. That was an off day. Can I can, can understand that? But, you know, in terms of in Dingwall, you know, no team's going to come up here and have an easy ride of it. No, no. And I, I also think is what we've got to remember is we're, we're disappointed over small margins against Aberdeen and Hearts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like teams that have got, you know, these are big city teams. These are one of the top six teams in Scotland. Um, finished third and fourth last year. They'll probably be up there, even though I know the season, you know, they've not got the greatest of starts. You can see that things will change as the season goes along. You know, we're only, what is it, seven games into the season now ourselves. I was looking at the fixture list, and in reality, we probably won't get a pure, you know, idea of where the league is until we go into the, the, after the game against Aberdeen on the 2nd of January, because at that point, you've played all the teams home and away. Yeah. You know, you've played teams twice and you've played them once at home, once away, and that'll be your 22 games. And at that point, we'll have a much clearer picture of where County really are this season. But I still think we'll be around that sort of 8th, 7th, 6th place come that position. I think we will. Um, I think it's just what you find against these teams is you just don't get as many chances as you would against the team who you're playing, who likes to have a Livingston or a St Johnston, who are maybe down the bottom will give you that more opportunity. They're more clinical and they're finishing. So that's the danger for you is your defence. But they also will take that one chance. That's all they need. Do you know what I mean? And we've noticed that against these teams. So it's it's a learning for the team, but we're not far off it. And that's why I'm a lot more positive after the, the past two games. And also I can see a bigger picture in it. That You know, it's three games in quick succession, tough fixtures, you know, 10 men in the midweek and then playing on the, the Saturday hearts about an extra day's rest and recovery so all in all disappointed that we didn't take something from the game could have taken something from the game whether we deserved it in my mind I'm not so sure but that's not a criticism of the county it's just I felt hearts just had that wee bit of extra quality that, that got them there but all in all we're talking about being disappointed a fine margin against two of the, you know, the top sides in the country so that's where we're at right now. So I'm positive in that respect. I think we can go into these other games now and have a right goal because I know St Mirren have started well and I know Motherwell have started well, but I would rather fancy our chances against those teams than I would against Aberdeen and the Hearts. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the league table at the time of recording, okay, we're down in 11th place just now, but that's just, just on goal difference. You look at, um, from ourselves all the way up to Hearts in fourth. There's only three points that separate the teams. We, could, we could win on Saturday and be at, in the top six again. It's yeah. simple as that, you know what I mean? So, as I said, it's great when you're up there at the start of the season, it's looking good. We said that after the, when we came to the last split, and we might go into the last, sorry, the split, the international break, and we might go into the next international break the same, obviously. But um, 
I think for ourselves is we'll get a better indication where we are after we've played each team home and away yeah. and then you'll get to your idea then a lot of things will even itself out as well at that point in time and in fairness there wasn't much for Cleland's referee corner this week apart from the only one I would say with Dickinson he's not not the best of rest for me I would say he's like a I don't worry when he referees our game, but I just feel he does miss one or two things. And the one I thought was hilarious was the one where there was the, the shot and it was a clear corner and there's four officials on the ground and they couldn't see it. doesn't even need VAR to see that one and he's given a goal kick. But apart from that, I wouldn't say there was a huge amount of the game. I know County had a couple of penalty appeals, but watching him back, if it was against us, we would have probably felt hard done by. So all in all, I just think it was one of those tough games that just we fell on the wrong side of a a goal and that was it yeah absolutely how just out of curiosity obviously it was quite surprising to see the double change at half time in terms of Alex Abney and Jordan White who started the game up front then replaced by Simon Murray and Eamon Brophy and there's been quite a lot of kind of clamourings on social media by certain groups on certain social media sites about their you know, their want to have a Murray and Brophy partnership. Now, obviously, we've spoken about our opinion of, of Jordan and how key he is to the team. So in that 45 minutes, what did you make of the partnership and, and the way things worked up front? Well, it, yes, it, they're only, they've only had 45 minutes together. So yeah. from that point of view, I can understand that you've got Simon Murray who's got pace and can run in behind against Brophy who can hold something up bring others into play but also can nick a goal and it's probably the most natural of all our strikers as well so I can understand the clamour for it I wouldn't discount the work that Jordan does and we noticed that a wee bit when we're trying to then play the balls up yeah. it's good that we've got Jordan who can flick on you know win the majority of headers and same with Alex Samuel who can really press boys back I, I just felt for Alex Samuel and, and Jordan in the first half because I just felt like we just looked a tired team yeah, and if, if boys can't push up, then they're doing a lot of running. It just felt they were chasing shadows a lot of the time as well. Um, probably Alex as well. Again, he has to get a start at some point to start building his fitness up because it's all very well a cameo every so often. And and I suppose as Malky was sort of saying about the competition, it's up to the boys to go and try and keep their shirts and that and stuff as well. But again, look at the comparison: the first half against the second half, neither of the duos scored, so it's still open. You know I mean it's. I think Brophy was talking about it midweek in the press and saying, you know, you know, he understands why he's not been in his match. It's frustrating, but he understands because he's coming back from injury. But the indications now is that he's sort of getting over that. But obviously the club are working him back in there. They don't want him to aggravate that injury and they're just taking their time with it. So they all look fit and sharp in that respect, as in fitness-wise, football sharpness, it takes a bit of time to get to as well. Um, and it'll just take games. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you don't score goals as a striker, that's what you're going to be judged as in reality. Um, and yes, you can have all the build-up play and, and do all the bits and pieces as well with it. But you know, we're looking for our strikers to score goals, so it's up to the guys themselves if they want to keep their shirt, put it in the back of the net. Simple as that. You yeah. know. Um, what I do object to is uh, again, I saw it, it was just a pile on straight away on Saturday night when we haven't scored. You know. Jordan only played 45 minutes and he was still getting criticised you know, we had we had four strikers in total on the pitch and none of them scored do you know what I mean so it's 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 not easy to get goals in this this level of football do you know what I mean championship you can win the games 5-6-0 against some of the opposition and that and stuff as well um, so I just think there needs to be a bit of patience with some of these boys um, especially with Brophy coming back it'll take a bit of time as well to get them up to speed Um I'm not averse to any, but I'm fine with any of the partnerships. I think they all work for us. I think they all bring something. And as I said across the season, it will be horses for courses. But I still do believe that at the end of the season, that Jordan, Brophy and Simon will all be in double figures for for their goal scoring and exploits. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I think one other mention I wanted to give as well was, I thought Jack Baldwin was excellent on Saturday, especially... You know, considering what went on on Wednesday, you know, you always it's always interesting to see how does a player recover from, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah. And especially in such a short space of time too. It's not like yeah. he's had a kind of a week to chew over it. It was 
two days later, he's back in, you know, back into a game. But I thought he was excellent. You know, there would have been a lot of eyes on him. And there was a lot of criticism of him from Wednesday night. And a lot of it was very harsh and certainly unfair with some of the shouts. So, you know, for him to, to step back in and, you know, okay, right, he's still been on the, the losing side, but he's gone up against one of the best strikers in the league in yeah. Shankland. And, you know, I would have said probably got the better of him. I thought Shankland was very quiet throughout. He only really had that chance at the end of the first half where he had a kind of back to goal. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was, uh, his leadership, I think has been questioned by some people and very harshly so, but, the yeah, sign, I, the sign your captain is to recover in yeah. a perform and put a performance like that when there's kind of question marks over you. If I'm if I'm a player looking at that, I'm thinking that's that's why I want as my captain. Yeah, because yeah, and again, we've not seen the footage on. I don't know if we ever welcome the light of day, but my understanding is that the the sending off against Aberdeen there, and I, I said that even last season, you know, he got three sendings off. Only one of them probably was deserved. There was a lot of chat about that. Do you know what I mean? And, and one of them was a, a subsequent one that happened. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I saw some of the stuff on social media, which I think is ridiculous, calling him a liability. Well, if that's a liability, then I'm happy to have him as a liability because what I say about the lad is, for me, is, that's the example. And to be honest, the goal conceded didn't come from their positions. It came from a the fullback not tacking in. So for me, I thought that was probably our central defences, you know, the, the three central defenders in, in Nightingale and Leek and, and Baldwin, I thought they were excellent on Saturday. I thought they didn't really put a foot wrong and didn't give hearts much at all. And especially all the, you know, the football, I thought Nightingale was excellent at carrying the ball at times as well and taking it up. Um, and same with Leek, you know, throwing his body in there. So, yeah, I, I just think, you know, be careful what we wish for as a fan base. That's all I'm saying with it. Do you know what I mean, I know people have opinions and that's fair enough they're entitled to it. But, you know, some of the criticism that's come his way and it, it's just, yeah, there's certain players, someone said to me before the game on Saturday, there's certain players that can do one thing wrong and the floodgates opened. There's other players that we've had that can maybe not play great for three or four games and nothing much is said. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think if you look at the totality of Baldwin's time at the club, He's got more right than he's got wrong. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I think um, he's he's captain for a reason and Malky's not stupid. He knows what he's doing and the reason's why. And as he said, the example he gave there on Saturday, that he didn't let it phase him and it would have been easy for him to go in and shell. Um, but he's used all that experience there. So, no, no complaints from me. I'm happy to have him as captain. I'm happy to have him there as a centre-half for sure. Absolutely. So, now we're going to just get some post-match reaction. I was at some of the post-match press conferences covering the, the game. So first up, we'll hear from Malky. Um, yeah, I think over the piece, um, if I'm looking at it, I thought a draw was probably a fair result today. We're playing against a, a good team with a big squad of players who've invested heavily, a city club coming up here. Um, and I thought we managed the game well. We knew the threats they had. Um, and I thought we played, um, especially Shanklin's a good player, scores good goals, he's a clever player. Um, and I thought we managed that really well. Um, and we knew as the game went on, we thought we would um, kick on, which I think we did. Um, but it's at the top end of the park. Um, I thought we, could, we should have been better today as a, as a whole group. That final third is where our, our quality that's usually there wasn't there today. And that's the... Uh, the thing that I'm probably most disappointed about, we had um, we got ball into the final third well. Um, I don't think it stuck as well as it should have. Um, but even then, we have a couple of great chances, and near the end, especially, we have some chances that fall in around the box, and we don't test the goalkeeper. And that's the thing that, that annoys me both. Uh, sorry, annoys me the most. Um, so we've got to get better at that. He's surprised by Brophy because normally does hit the target. Aye, but it wasn't just, yes is the answer to that, but it wasn't just him, obviously Ben Puddington has a great one, a great chance that you're thinking that, that's a great left sweet left foot, just stay on target and it's, it, it drops till he puts that in the net. Uh, Connor Randall, the one where he's, he's bounced it into the, the ground too close, um, you know, close to a couple of headers and stuff, but it's those three chances where we're inside the box and it's a free shot at goals 
there wasn't blocks going in, there was three, a free, three free shots at goals, and you're thinking one of those needs to, at our level, should hit the target um, if we're going to get three chances inside the box against Hearts, which I was happy with. You changed the strikers at half-time, just to try and give Hearts a different test? Yeah, yeah, just to give different... Um, we played Wednesday night, you know, and they were, they were Tuesday, and obviously um, they've changed a couple as well. Um, and I just wanted fresh legs. Um, so again, second half, I thought. Um, but as I say, you know, going forward in the first half, um, I thought we, we should, have been, should have been sticking a little bit more as well. Um, and it, it certainly started to do that in the second half, but um, we just needed that little bit more quality. We'd won in the first half a great one, great ball in, and Alex Samuel should put his head on it and doesn't. Um, so, you know, looking all over, that final third is the, the area that today probably let us down, that's not been letting us down. Or even our, our deliveries um, have been excellent, and today that could have been better as well. I'm, I'm really happy with it. Sorry. Sorry, I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy with the, the back area, the, the wing-backs, the defensive midfielders, the three at the back, the goalkeeper. was really happy with it, the solidity of that all day and generally. And, you know, we've been good in terms of the... That final third, the attacking players would have been good in that area, um, but uh, not today. So all those chances you talked about earlier seemed to have a touch of kind of anxiety about yeah. it. Instead of just that letting it go. I absolutely, absolutely, and that's that calm head in the final third. You've got and it, to be fair, it's um, you know the, the couple that we're talking about certainly with maybe the, the it's fullbacks that get into those areas, you know. But uh, when I'm looking at Jimmy Brown and Connor and, and Ben Purrington, all three having shots. Um, but your centre forwards are the ones that you want to actually have that calm head. Aye. How important is it the, the heads stay up despite you know, recent results? I think a, a lot because um, we've had a tough week, um, you know, and we've had, we've had three defeats in a week. And um, number one, the, the first thing you do is recognise that and actually see that for what it is so you don't brush that under the carpet. Um, but at the same time, just take it in, in perspective. Um, we weren't good at Pitodri. Um We got only ten men. I thought we were excellent Wednesday night, and I think we were. Anybody suggests we were not worthy of a point here the day. Um, you know, there's a balance view to that as well. So I've got just a, a perspective on it. But at the same time, um, we get back in again next week, and we've just get back onto the training field and get back into it again. Been here before through my career. You, you make sure that you realise where there's little tough periods and you, you get yourself back working again. There's no uh, magic wand. It's go out and train and do the basics correct constantly and that slips you back into a vein of form again. And now, let's hear from Eamon Brophy. Yeah, um, what's at the start of the game? We got in confident. Um, we know it was going to be a tough game, but um, in this league, every game's winnable. So, yeah, very disappointed to come away with, with no points, I felt. Um, well, comfortable in the game, um, but small margins these wins football games, and I think that's what happened today. They took their half a chance, and unfortunately, we didn't take ours when it came. You had a few chances at the end, though. Was that, was that a disappointing thing that one didn't drop? Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Um, as I say, they took their chance, we didn't take ours. That's football, and also we just disappointed not to take no points for today but we just need to bounce back we've got a massive game next week against Dundee and we're looking to take maximum points from that How difficult have been for yourself in recent weeks just been in and out? Um, yeah I've just come off the back from a long time injury um, so yeah it's been it's been difficult but um, I just need to buy my time and make sure when I get my chance I, I take it the Slakers have been doing well um, Simon's got a lot of goals this season um, so yeah, I just need to bide my time and hopefully in the coming weeks I can play more football and hopefully stay in the team and help the team, most importantly. Is it more about match fitness rather than fitness? Yeah, yeah, I say I feel, I feel good, I feel, I feel fit, but it's just the match fitness, as you say, I need. Um, but that's got to come we, we, uh, each week that goes by, so yeah, hopefully in the coming weeks I can start playing a lot more minutes and hopefully I can help the team, which I believe I can. You look like a squad that, despite these defeats of the week, that you have the mental capacity or the mental strength to, to come through that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel I've got a strong squad in there. <coughs> As you say, um, I've got plenty of options. Um, everybody's fighting for a jersey, and you know if you're, you're not at it, there'll be somebody there looking to take your place, which is very healthy. So 
yeah, I feel we've got a good squad and obviously last season we had a tough time as well, so we know we can, um, when times get tough, it's, you know, we can stick together and pull through. That's kind of a tough week though, isn't it, with the three defeats? It's important you try and get someone on the board against them, deep. Yeah, it's been obviously a tough week, but um, before that I think everybody would say, oh, we started the season great, it's just football can change quick. Um, but as I say, next week we go and win the league up the table. If we go and win next week, we'll start back up the table again. The league's so tight, everybody can beat anybody. And uh, if you're not on the game, you'll lose football matches. And that's what, unfortunately, we did today. But as I say, next week we'll look to put that right with three points. The last couple of games were quite tight, but I mean, a lot of people might argue that you haven't kept enough until you've gone behind. Yeah. Is that something you maybe got to start maybe a bit quicker? Yeah, the first, the first goal in this league's massive. Um, Unfortunately, we'll be able to get that. Um, a couple of weeks back against Kilmarnock, we'd be able to do that and be able to hung, hung on. Um, so, yeah, I feel, obviously, I'd say the first goal is massive, but we need to, um, when the chances come, we need to take them. Um, and unfortunately, we've not done that today, but I'm sure we'll do that in the coming weeks. And finally, to round off the hat-trick of media interviews, uh, We'll hear from Jack Baldwin. And before we jump into it, I just wanted to say thank you to Andrew Henderson, who has very kindly allowed us to use this footage. Do you take some positives to how you played? Um, yeah, I think so. I think we frustrated them on large parts, kept a good shape um, and forced it. They, they kicked the ball out of the pitch a few times, a few occasions. And like I say, we frustrated them. Um, something that we spoke about before the game, obviously off the back of... The week we had, um, obviously down at Aberdeen was quite open and then uh, I think on Wednesday night when the boys obviously went, when we went down to 10 men, the boys kept a really good shape and frustrated Aberdeen and created chances and I think we felt if we could do that today then we'd, we'd obviously create our own chances, which I think we did. Um, created a couple of good chances to, to, to peg it back at, at the end as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's definitely, definitely positives to take. It has been a tough week on paper if nothing else just looking at the results are the guys going to need picking up after this moment next weekend um, yeah I think so I think obviously we know we've had a we've had a really rough week with results and um, obviously exiting the cup the way we did um, but yeah we're, like, listen, we, we're all grown men in there we know we know what, what it takes to pick ourselves back up and we're going to need to do that we're going to need to bounce off each other when we get back in uh, we obviously we'll, we'll do our debrief um, we'll watch, watch parts of the game back and discuss where we can be better and um, highlight where we did well as well um, but yeah we've got we've got a big week now leading up to the to the game next Saturday to make sure that we're recovered um, and then put the work in as well to, to be better on Saturday and hopefully um, come away from Dundee with a result Guys always talk about the, the team spirit in the dressing room here as, as club captain do you feel like you've got a big role to play in that to, to make sure spirits don't drop too low after this week yeah and listen we're, like I just said we're, we're all grown men in there we've got a great group this year um, lads who understand the game understand what it takes to win games of football as well and we know that obviously this has been a rough week for us so um, that there'll be others in there that don't need to rely on me to, to pick them up we've got we've got larger life characters in there as well that will, will make the group um, a fun place to be uh, training this week I'm no, no doubt will be a tough week um, we'll get the work done but at the same time it'll be a good week for us to have a solid week training and be about each other um, in the dressing room and uh, on the pitch to, to galvanise each other and make sure that we, we're in a good place come next Saturday How's it been for yourself the last couple of days after Wednesday obviously wasn't the way you <laughs> wanted things to go personally Yeah no it was a tough bit as it obviously um, it was a tough night Wednesday and Thursday, Friday was about just making sure uh, the lads knew that I was obviously obviously there to help um, rectify what, what, what happened on, on Wednesday. Obviously exiting the cup the way we did. Uh, but like I said, the, once I did go off the pitch, the lads put in a momentous effort to, to, to try and get something from the game and get us through to the next round. But... Um, yeah, there was definitely positives to take from that as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, these things happen in football and um, it's, it's not the first time it's happened to me. It probably won't be the last either. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's like one of those things and just got to try and park it and, and make sure that you're, 
you're doing the work and you're available for the boys and training hard and doing all the right things off the pitch as well. It's important how you react to moments like that, isn't it? I mean, do you just like avoid social media for, for a couple yeah, of days? Yeah, <laughs> I learned that a long time ago, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, as a, as a 30-year-old man now, uh, even even when we play well um, and win, win games, I, I still kind of try and stay away from all of it. So, um, yeah, I, a manager told me before it's about not being too high when you're when, you, when things are going well and not being too low when things aren't going your way so it's about keeping keeping that level ground and making sure you're, you're still doing the same things regardless of how things are going you're training well you're working hard and um, yeah you're doing the right things off the pitch ultimately it'll help you when you get on the pitch It's looking ahead a wee bit to next weekend we've seen Ross County go to Dundee on the back of a few defeats in a row before and come out big winners you know you must be really optimistic that the same thing's going to happen next weekend and, and you can kickstart another run. Yeah, um, that, that'll, be, that'll be the plan. Obviously, it's, um, a lot's happened since, <laughs> since, since that probably result that you're um, highlighting there. But, yeah, listen, it's, an, it's another chance for us to go and put things right, put this week right. Um, obviously, we've got the, the break after that as well, so we, we need to make sure that we're, we're going down there and maybe putting this this block of games um, putting them to bed with a good result so uh, yeah listen, we, we, like, we'll approach it the same we approach every, every other game um, we'll do our work on Tuesday regarding today then we'll put that to bed uh, and then we're into a good week and we'll do our, our homework towards the back end of the week and head down to Dundee with uh, knowledge and good work in our legs from the week um, and hopefully put on a, a good display to get through points I feel like it's sometimes a bit cliched to ask it, but how much of a boost does a win going into an international break give you when you have that time off? Yeah, it's, it's massive and it's, you don't want to be on the wrong side of results going into international because you, you've then got to wait an extra week to put things right. So, um, yeah, if we, can, if we can get a good result and then um, the lads are obviously get a few days off being in a much better place and um, not dwelling on results that have happened in like say in this block since the last the last international so yeah if we can get a result in this and then go into the break that'll be massive right uh we are back and uh, now we are going to look ahead to the trip down to dundee on saturday where in recent years dens park has been quite a happy hunting ground for county you know i'm going to touch some touch wood before you know anyone jumps in and I'll probably jinx it now, but it doesn't matter. Um, so County are unbeaten in their last six visits to Dens Park. They've scored 13 goals, if I'm correct, um, which included the the two big wins a couple of seasons ago against Dundee. Obviously, that um, incredible midweek 5-0 down at Dens was which just... Which will settle for the same again. That'd be great. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd be quite happy with that. And then... Uh, very, very important 2-1 victory. It was in February. It was just after the, the transfer window closed and it was at that point where, you know, we weren't sure kind of what second half of the season we were going to have. We were still looking yes. over our shoulders at Dundee and St. Johnston below us and they took the lead quite early on with a Zach Rudden goal and um, Joseph Hungball equalised right in the stroke of, of half time, and um, we had a chance for the, the spot which Cookie stepped <clears> up and... Um, had his penalty saved, but you know he showed, you know, a brilliant reaction to you know put that behind him and then go and score the winner with you know a, an incredible finish to yeah all three points and it was potentially the the worst red card I've ever seen as well for a tackle. Oh, horrible! Yeah. Ah, yeah, uh, right. The boy, uh, he was already walking off by the time that they've got the card out. Yeah. I, I've certainly, I've, I've never jumped up and almost like sprinted along the road at a tackle as much <laughs> as I did there. I couldn't believe it. It was just, I bonkers. But um, yeah. yeah, so that was the the last kind of couple of meetings in the the last season. Both sides faced each other. So Stephen, what are you expecting going into this one? Yeah, I mean, Dundee are, you know, they've not made it easy for any team they've played this season. They've given everyone a game. So we have to be sort of mindful of that. It's not the team that we were playing two seasons ago, so we know we'll, it will be a battle at the ends. Um, they'll fancy the points. They'll fancy it being a home game. Um, but we'll also be going into it and thinking, right, this is an opportunity now as well. 
so we've had a, a week to rest up and obviously as Malky says check all the bumps and bruises and, and, and get a team ready for, for it um, they, they've got some, some some decent players in there um, is it the boy is it McCowan or McGowan I can't mind is it McCowan uh, Luke McCowan yeah yeah, yeah he, he's a lad that I've rated for a few seasons now I, I really like him and I feel that if he plays well he gives us problems so yeah. if we can keep him quiet I, and you know, I've not checked out Dundee too much this season, but the bits I've seen on them, they've, they've looked uh, what I would say a workmanlike side. But he's the one that's maybe got that wee bit of difference that can do something for them. I think he scored against Hearts, isn't it? The window against Hearts, he did, at, at yes, the end yeah. and that stuff as well. So he has that ability to to unlock teams. I know the boy Tiffany in that plays there as well, and he can be a wee bit of a handful, a wee bit of a sort of, sort of Jack Russell type terrier in, in there and, and sort of nipping everyone's heels, but. Um, yeah, I feel they're a workman-like side, but we do have quality to hurt them as well. And I think as well, I just have a, I just have a feeling for Simon Murray in this game for some strange reason back in, in Dundee and that as well. I just have a feeling that he might just do something in this game, um, and um, he could he could cause them problems with his running and that and stuff as well. So I think it'll be a tough game, um, but it's it's winnable. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you as well. I think. You've mentioned Luke McCowan there, scored two goals in the 3-2 match in Dingwall a couple of seasons ago, so he showed yeah. his his quality there. Um, you know, Scott Tiffany, we know all about having come up against him in the playoff final at the end of last season and his pace, you know, that'll cause mm. whatever shape we set up with, if it's going to be the three centre-halves again, it'll cause them plenty of problems. Um, you look at their back line, I think, you know, Joe Shocknessy has been a really smart signing as well. You're talking about trying to you know, as a team coming into the, the Premiership, you're wanting to kind of, you know, solidify yourself. And, yeah. you know, uh, Joe Strzok is a great signing behind him. You know, a former Superman teammate is Trevor Carson. Carson's a fantastic yeah. goalkeeper as well. Obviously had a, a, an alleged fall out to uh, Superman, but, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, that's Dundee's gain. You know, he's he's joined them. Um, Ricky Lamy alongside Chocolacy in the last kind of couple of games and they seem to have lined up with a kind of 5-3-2 at Easter Road where they drew 0-0 against Hibs yeah. um, so it was a back three of Lamy, Chocolacy and uh, Portales as well so you know I think I think you're right I think there is opportunity to get at these defenders they're maybe not the yeah. most mobile as well so you know as as we've said about Simon's movement his pace I think that'll cause them quite a few problems we've spoken about then at the other end that they're Dundee's movement and pace will cause us problems too. But I think um I think it's a good opportunity and potentially the the game you would like to see coming up to kind of put the tough week behind you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a good opportunity to move on from the, you know, the three defeats in the space of a week. And but, you know, as as we've said, it's they were against teams that finished third and fourth in the league last season. This yeah. is a team that, you know, the the players that have been there for a couple of seasons now will have experience of playing at Dens as well. You know, mm-hmm. and although it's a different team now, you know they'll they'll fancy the chances going down uh, going down there. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know that's why I'm referencing the workman like team. As you said, the boys like Shotnessy Carson, they're they're solid pros. Do you know what I mean yeah. you know what you're getting with them? They're going to make it tough. Um, and as I said, the 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 lad that's got that bit for them, if we can keep him quiet, I think we've got the opportunity to press on them. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I think it'll be tight, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I think Simon Murray and Brophy will get a goal each. I just have a feeling for the, the, the pair of them, but I think it'll be anything but easy down here. I think it'll be a real tough battle. Um, I don't think they'll... I don't think it'll be one for the purest. I don't think there'll be a lot of football played. I think it'll be very much bogged down in the middle of the park and it'll be breakaways that will probably decide the goals more than anything. And when I'm saying breakaways, I'm talking about more like a mistake from something or a player getting through when they shouldn't, do you know what I mean? Rather than someone running a length of the park. Because I don't think they'll give us that opportunity to do that with the space. Yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned about potential mistakes and things like that. It's not just football chat you get on this podcast. It's also weather chat as well. And for the game on Saturday at Dens, I mean, if, if, if people have already seen this, uh, there is a weather warning on Saturday for for rain around Scotland so 
you know, looking at the forecast here, we're looking at like 80% chance of rain throughout the whole day on Saturday. <laughs> um, it's, it then starts on the Friday night as well. So you're talking about a, a wet pitch where defenders can, can yeah. slip and make a mistake. There's, you know, all those kinds of possibilities there as well. So, um, yeah, and it's a big surface there. It's a big surface at Dundee. My, you know, it always feels. I'm, I'm not sure the sizings of it, but even in the stadium, it feels like there's a big space to go and play in. So yeah. I think there'll be opportunity. And that's why I think Simon Murray might benefit from it. But I also think that's why they'll play. You know, if you're talking about playing five at the back, they're probably doing that for a, a reason, trying to narrow the pitch. So there's no much space. But I think that's where someone like a Brophy will come into his own. He's clever enough to find space in the box and that and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, no, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they go with. Um, I don't think Jan's been firing on all cylinders in the past few games, nor is is, is Kyle Turner. And I, I you know, you, you saw the difference. I thought when Latouri came on with a bit of legs in there, and I also thought Allardyce had a, a, a decent account of himself. You I mean that's actually yeah. the first time when I first saw him at the start of the season, I felt he was still a wee bit unsure of himself and the, the team. Just obviously, it's new surroundings and that. And I always felt he was maybe just either holding on to the ball too long or it was a touch too much. I felt he looked a bit sharper when he came on this time. He looked fitter in that as well. And it's maybe just, you know, playing with that, that level up in training compared to what he was used to week in, week out with the championship and that and stuff as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were in contention for going into the squad on Saturday and, and matching up, as you said, if it was going to get into a sort of physical battle. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of the midfield lineup as well, as you said there. That I think it's it's been tough on Jan and Kyle because certainly the last three games, it's not the it's not the kind of roles I'd imagine that they'd be entirely keen on playing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you know, they're obviously against the bigger teams, you're required to do a lot a lot of work off the ball as you would be against any team, but yeah. you know, potentially more against likes of the Aberdeens, the the Hearts, the Hibs, the Celtic, the Rangers, you know, whereas then against some of the the teams that we have faced already this season, like so your Livingston's or St. Johnston's, these these guys have got a lot more license and, and freedom to, you know, yeah. um, both in possession and out of possession as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that maybe changes now going into a game at Dens. So you mentioned... I think, about, I think as well what you're looking at in the past few games, the hope was that Jan and Kyle could get on the ball more to dictate the game. Yeah. But it was very hard to get the ball. It yeah. was really hard to get the ball for us. And we did that in spells and like the start photography for the first 15, 20 minutes looked really good. And same a wee bit against Hearts then, but then you sort of fade away from it. And I suppose the challenge for them is again, even against the sides further up, it's as have they got that ability, even though it's a tough system to play, where as you said, it's maybe not their natural game can they work that bit to sort of dominate the game and get on the ball more? And if not, then you maybe have to look at, do you drop one and only go one of them and and then have two players in the midfield against that level of opposition? Against Dundee, it might work for us a bit yeah. better, where you could probably say, right, do you know what, Allardyce, you sit in front of the defence on this one, or we've got Randall in there as well, you might just go Randall and Allardyce and then play one of them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's away from home, you might want to do that. Or we maybe feel that we can get these teams more and say to Kyle and Jan, okay, we're, we're, the expectation in this game is we can get the ball more. We will have more, you know, the ball against Dundee than we would against the Aberdeen or Hearts. So let's try and control the game a bit more by playing football. But as you said, you're looking at the conditions as well. I'm sure this is all factored in, you know what I mean? We're all great uh, armchair managers, aren't we, when we look at these things. But I'm sure Malky and the team are looking at all these type of things. You know, what's the surface going to be like? What is the opposition against? What's the weather going to be like? And you're taking account of... Plus, what we don't know is, how's the player's mindset? Is they train well all week in training? Is it an injury? Are they carrying a knock? All these type of things, which we probably don't know about either. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I think it'll be one of those ones. But yeah, I'll be interested to see what they go with. I imagine they still might go with the 3-5-2 because it seems to suit us. Yeah. Um, for for the whole the striking options, but we've seen it before where we've gone four three three or we've we've done a, a more a, a four five one. So we'll be interested to see how we match up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just having a look through Dundee's kind of last few results and their kind of lineup. So according to the app I'm using here against Comar, they went with a four three three at Easter Road. They went with a three five two. Um, it says they went with a four four two at Celtic Park, which would have been very brave if, if so but commendable to them if they have 
Um, at McDermott Park where they drew 2-2 it was a 4-1-4-1 so you know it shows that they've kind of got a flexibility about them so it will be interesting to see if we maybe go back to a 4 to yeah. you know try and impose ourselves a bit more on the game or you know certainly the 3-5-2 first kind of came back in for the trip to uh, to Rugby Park to match up with Kamarnik, then match up with Livingston as well and yeah. then against the the two matches against Aberdeen and Hearts so yeah we'll, we'll wait and see so um, there was just a couple of things about the the ticket information. If you still don't have your ticket, there was a, a a bit of an update that went out. So there will be cash gates available at Dens Park as well, um, yeah. which is great to hear because there has been quite a you know a, a debate about ticketing issues across Scottish football uh, for you know fan, clubs making it difficult for away fans to attend games or kind of like turning yeah. away their potential money. So um, you know it's good to hear that there's a. a a cash gate there so if you're still unsure yeah. if you're going to go or not and you only find out on Saturday head along you'll you'll manage to get a ticket yeah. whereas previously it would have had to be the tickets would have had to be picked up uh, or posted by like a Friday or posted by Tuesday I think it was as well if people yeah. so yeah so that's always a good update to see as well so um, and just in some of the other news this week as well um, congratulations again to Dylan Smith who has had another Call up to the Scotland under 19 squad as well, which is a great achievement. Great to see, and it's just yeah. great to see a, a Ross County player at, at that level, and hopefully he can progress on to the the men's team in years to come and that and stuff. It was interesting to see today the looks of things that um, is it now? What is it now? We're 2023, 20, so 24 is going to be the Euros, and that's in Germany. World Cup in 26 is out in America, Canada, and Mexico. And then the looks of things in 2028, we're going to have the World Cup back in sorry, the European Championships back in the UK, um, UK and Ireland. So for someone like Dylan at that age, in that time, you know, he'll be into his mid 20s at that point. There's an ideal sort of focus for him to try and be breaking into the national team. No pressure, Dylan, no pressure. But, you know, if you're already in that setup and doing well, that's, you know, that's what my mindset would be is I've got an opportunity then if I'm if I'm if I'm catching the eye at the under nineteen level, how can I then improve my performance? And the way to do that is to get in week in, week out at county and he's looking at what's ahead of him and saying, right, how can I get not just get up to that standard would be better than it? And that's the challenge for the lad like Juin. But so positive and it's great to see and obviously the, the credit to his coaches at County and, and, and the management team with him. But the, the big credit goes to himself and his family for all they've, they've put in and that to get him where he is already. Absolutely. So the two matches that the under-19s are playing, the first one is up against the Republic of Ireland, which is on the 11th of October, and then against Portugal, which is on the 15th of October. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on to see how how many minutes Dylan gets in that. Obviously, he did very well to get the the armband as well, which was a fantastic achievement. So, um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that and and all the Mm -hmm. best to him as well. So, And now... On to the next segment for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> right. So at the time of recording, which is Wednesday evening, um, according to our Spotify poll, Derek Adams is in the lead with 42% of the votes, followed very closely by Bobby Wilson with 32% of the votes. And then the rest of the votes are scattered between uh, Neil Cooper and... Kets and, and Fergie as well. So there's still one day left to vote on that poll, which right now it's kind of difficult to f- fully confirm and announce that, you know, because there could be three votes that come in for Bobby between now and the next yeah. time we record, but it's looking likely that Derek is going to be the one inducted into the into the Hall of Fame, which, you know, is... Um, you can't argue with it. You can't no. argue with it. Do you know and, for... and you couldn't argue with either... Derek or, yeah. or Bobby getting into it. I think that's kind of how we felt a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about yeah. it. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, we've had a few suggestions for our goalkeeper as well. So we've had a couple of shouts for Scott Fox, a couple of shouts for Tony Bullock, one shout here for Alan Creer. So, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that is a wind-up, because I just know with Alan, there was, he was an absolute riot when he was there, the mistakes that boy made. So I think someone's... Probably on the wind up on that one. Like I'd be surprised he was here and gone. So yeah, cult hero I can understand. 
No, I, I don't know if Alan listens to the podcast. My understanding is that he does that MMA fighting now, so I'm not going to take the piss out oh, of him. I don't know. Let's, let's not do that. It's not a very worthy nomination, Alan. Of yes, course. absolutely, Alan. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and another another comment we got here as well, just about it, was from our good friend Gary McDonald, who kind of listed out some of the goalkeepers he thought were worthy of a mention as well. He kind of went through uh, Mikey Fraser, Mike McGovern, obviously we've spoken about Tony Bullock as well, uh, Ash Maynard Brewer, Ross Laidlaw, but he said for him it's got to be Scott Fox as well. So um, yeah, we've got a few different nominations there, so we'll put it to the poll for this episode as well. So this time next week, hopefully by the time we're recording, the poll is finished this time, no promises. Um, yeah. and we can kind of go through the, the both the final result for manager and goalkeeper. So um, this week we are going to do, chat about left-backs. Yeah. Stephen, who would be your left-back and why? So the one that stands out for me, um, and he probably wasn't here, it's not one of these players that I've looked at from a length of time, but just the quality that I thought as a left-back for me was Hugh Robertson. Uh, Shaggy for me, he, he, you know, he played left back. He did play left midfield. He played centre forward a few times in that as well. But I just remember um, a some of his strikes in that as well. So under the time under Cooper, he was fantastic. Um, and then we had the spell there where Alex Smith took over, and he was one of the reasons that we were struggling at the time when when Neil left and Alex uh, Smith took over. And he was one of the reasons that got us out of it through his experience, but his goals. Do you know what I mean? Um, but just an absolute wand of a left foot, but just hard as nails as well. And for me, he's just his left back. If you got him anywhere within the oppositions, even probably not even in the oppositions half, <laughs> he, he was a shot and goal type kind of guy and he could scream it in the top corner. There's a few free kicks, as I said to you before the show. If you get a chance to watch the documentary and it's online, you can find it online called Grasping the Thistle. And there's a um, section in there where you see Hugh Robertson take a free kick against Partick Thistle. John Lambie's reaction when it hits the back of the net, because this thing goes off like a missile into the back of the net. John Lambie's reaction, I, I obviously I couldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to put it out there in a podcast the language used, because I know there's youngsters that listen to this podcast. But, absolute screamer but Lambie's reaction was hilarious too but it described it very well <laughs> but for me I just felt he had it you know if I look at all the left backs we've had over the years in the club and we've had some good ones do you know what I mean we've had some real quality in there but for me Hugh Robertson just had that he had a threat going forward but also he was just strong and hard as nails for me and just we I felt like he was one of these players he was just unlucky he didn't make it right to the top. I knew he had a really bad shoulder and he couldn't do upper body work and that and stuff as well, which to think if he could even get even stronger that way. Um, but as a an individual, and I know years later he was playing junior football and speaking to, he played against um, one of the, the Inverness teams in a, a cup final. And the, the story was he'd taken a free kick from or a shot from about 40, 50 yards and sailed in the top corner. And one of the coaches said to the the Inverness keeper at half time. Did you know get near that? And he says it was past me before he even got a chance to blink. Do you know what I mean? So I just just remember him just being, you know, such a threat from set pieces, but I also thought he had that bit of quality. There was there was no coincidence either that Neil Cooper, when he went down to Hartlepool, that he ended up that was, you know, he came back and got Hugh yeah. to take him down there. And again, he's held in high regard at Hartlepool. And they were in this championship around that sort of level at the time. So if you go and type in again on YouTube, uh, Hugh the Hammer at Hartlepool, and there's a, a montage of his goals down there, and I'm talking this, this beats anything that you would see from boys in World Cup level. Do you know what I mean, these are like absolute screamers into the top corner and off the bars. and Yeah, so for me, just he wasn't here for a huge period of time, but for me, the impact he had under Neil Cooper and Alex Smith he just stood out so much for me as a left back that I've always felt I would always judge everyone as would they be you know if I'm looking at someone would they be better than Hugh Robertson in that position and I struggle to remember anyone that really would come up to that level for me. Well, I'm going to put someone up against them. <laughs> My nomination for the time that I've watched County anyway is Scott Morrison. 
Now, Scott played 133 games for County, scored 10 goals and got 17 assists. But he was a huge part of the team that got to the Scottish Cup final. Huge part of the Invincible team as well. You know, and that end of season as well to, you know, win the league, get over the line. Um, just, I, I remember his performances from from left back as well. It was especially in the second half of games, if, if County were ever chasing a game and it felt like it was kind of like just a charge towards the jail end and you'd see Scott just tearing yeah. down the, the left wing as well, overlapping runs, whether whoever it was in front of him, whether it be Midge that was in front of him or or Vigers or whoever it might have been, the overlapping run and just the, the quality of deliveries into the box were were excellent as well. And I just remember as a player that, was always really highly regarded by a lot of county fans as well. There was certainly a period where he was out of the team during that first division winning season. And even at a young age, I remember hearing a lot of people around saying, oh, you know, why? You know, I'd have Scott back in there and have Scott back in there. And he got his yes. chance due to an injury and, and you know, and didn't look back from that that point onwards. So, No, I can, I can understand that one as well. I think they were both at Aberdeen. I think Hugh is just maybe slightly older than Scott, but they were in and around the Aberdeen team at the same time. Um and then obviously in Q ended up at Dundee it was. He was out in loan for a few for a few teams, including our near neighbours, if I remember right. So I remember one story which again I can't repeat on on the, the podcast about Hugh and Nights Out and that and stuff. But um yeah. <laughs> it became like Popeye when he had a drink and him, put it that way. Um, okay. But um, a really quiet lad as well, and that's what the laugh was. You, you know, he would you know speak to him and that and stuff, but just super tough. But again, Scott, he, he ended up going off to I think it was Dunfermline. It was he played that and then and then came to County. Um, but yeah, both good free kick takers. You know, great strikers yeah. the ball with their left foot. Um, and again, one one other one I suppose I could probably throw in there, but I would still take Hugh Robertson again. Another player that I remember is uh, Stuart Golubek. I know he had a stellar yeah. career at Cali, but he had two spells of themselves. Um, but Golly in his time as well, when he when he was with us, was was tremendous. Do you know what I mean? At, at left back and that, and um, you know, deservedly deserves a mention uh, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. But for me, yeah, I can I can get Scott Morrison's one. I can get you know, I totally understand that as well. And as you said, part of the team that got to the Scottish Cup final, part of the team was invincible. So it's hard to argue that case. But for me, just on pure quality and um, ability and strike of the ball and, and what he offered, for me, I would always pick Hugh Roberts and that, that left back is my my first choice. Fair enough. <laughs> so now it's now it's down to the, the punters side that listen to the show, like do you know what I mean? Exactly. So let's this is now out to the listeners for your nominations for left back as well. Could be could be Hugh, could be Scott, could be Anyone, anyone of your choice. So let us know and then we'll put it out to the vote for next week's episode as well. So just trying to think through. I think that's everything. Yeah, now, and just, we're, we're just talking about um, listeners. You know, it's funny when you're out and about and that and people start recognising your voice and that and stuff as well. But I was speaking to really nice um, uh, Andy and uh, Pete Ireland, um, young Pete. Peter plays uh, football with my son and that and stuff and I'm just speaking to Andy about you know Ross County and that and getting chatting um, but it's great to hear a young Pete actually listens to the podcast they, they came across it um, and that's someone at you know five six years old that's listening to the podcast as well so I said I would give a shout out to them because it's great to hear that we've got youngsters listening into it and that and we're conscious that we want to give some good content for them as well so it'd be great to find out who they are um, who their uh, favourite left-back is and, and who they would put in the Hall of Fame from their time watching at County as well. So so it's just a shout-out to, to young Pete and Andy um, and just to say hi and thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, I think that was that's that's all the news now, isn't it? We've not missed anything out. No, at the moment, no. I think we've, no. we've covered it and we're, we're going down the Danes and looking to try and get three points before the, the next international break, you know? Yeah, yeah. I do have something to confess, though. Um, you know, perhaps the the loss can be pinned on us a little bit after talking about <laughs> after talking about. Well, I, I uh, definitely have my lucky pants on, so. <laughs> yes, well, some 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 folk didn't get their lucky strawberry daiquiris pre match because the national was too busy. So, um, yeah, apologies for that, everyone associated yeah. with Ross County. And, and good luck that. getting a strawberry daiquiri in Dundee, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Got more daiquiris there than bottles of water. I'd be surprised. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I think it's just for it's just home games that tradition. To be fair, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see that how that goes. So I thought I'd just hold my hands up right at the end and just say apologies. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. So Stephen, yeah. thank you very much for yep. coming on once again. Yeah, thank you, Ross, and hopefully we're um, next week doing an episode where we're, we're talking about a, a county victory once again. Absolutely, and yeah, it'd be great if we can go down to Dens where it's been a very happy hunting ground for County over the years and make it seven unbeaten 